in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. A live look this morning as we continue keeping an eye on the roads for you. This is on Mopac heading south and toward the main event, the heavy rain moving in our way. Thanks for joining us. I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. Meteorologist Sean Kelly has been watching the radar for you. Sean, get us ready. What are we in for later on today? Well, we're in for the potential for some flash flooding out there. We already have all the ingredients coming together. We're already seeing some flash flooding in a few spots. We've got those warnings in place. We have the watches in place, which means that the ingredients are there for nearly every single county here from the metro on out towards the hill country. We've already seen some areas upwards of four to six inches of rain in just the past six hours, and that is causing some uh, flooding concerns for the Llano River approaching uh, the flood bank there. So uh, that will be uh, causing some issues in around for some of those low-lying areas, some of those smaller roads in that area. You'll see right now the radar starting to fill in pretty nicely. It's dry in Austin right now, but it's heading our way. We've got some of that rain pushing into Wimberley, Dripping Springs. You've got a nice downpour, but for the most part right now, this area dealing with some widely scattered showers. The steadier, heavier rain is right over Llano County. That's where we have the ongoing flash flood warning, so please stay off the roads if you can in this area. If you encounter any flood flooded roadways, turn around, don't drown. This is for Gillespie County and Llano. That'll be through the uh, next few hours and portions of Fredericksburg seeing some heavy rain, even a weak thunderstorm there. So 76 degrees here in Austin as we await the heavy rain. For the most part right now, we're just muggy, warm, and dry, but that's going to change here in the next few minutes. We'll talk about those potential rainfall totals that we could see here in the coming hours, plus that weekend forecast, which is actually right now looking a little bit drier. So we love to see that. And then all eyes on the coldest cold front of this season will be tracking it for you, timing it out and setting you up for trick or treaters for Halloween. That's coming up. Thank you, Sean. We have some breaking news this morning. Schools are closed and a shelter in place is in effect in Lewiston, Maine, while officers are searching for a person of interest in a mass shooting. Officials say the lone gunman went on two separate businesses and opened fire there. NBC News says about 15 to 20 people are dead and about 50 others are hurt. Police say the shots were fired at a bar and at a restaurant, then a bowling alley where families were enjoying youth night. A person of interest, Richard Card, this man here, he is still nowhere to be found. He's still on the loose, considered to be armed and dangerous. According to database from law enforcement officials, is a card recently threatened to shoot up the Maine National Guard base. President Biden pledging full federal support here for Lewiston. The mayor of Auburn, just nearby, miles away from Lewiston, speaking last night about the attack. It's all ages. It was all ages. Uh, there was... I just talked to some uh, teenagers, and it was it was all ages. We're going to heal our community. We're going to persevere. We're going to get through this. Um, and it's no time not to. So it will take a while. You know, something like this doesn't just get solved overnight. Nobody can expect it to. But uh, we got a really strong community. We've overcome a lot, and we'll overcome this. State police say a reunification center is set up at a nearby middle school. That center set up as a safe location to get questions answered about loved ones who may have been impacted by those mass shootings. Back here in our state, tensions running high in the Texas House after Republicans moved to cut off Democrats from trying to amend a controversial 
border security bill. At least one Democrat very fired up. Being attacked on a daily basis. They can't stand on this bill. I've been sitting there my whole time listening to y'all. It pisses me off. That is Democratic State Representative Armando Wale voicing his frustration to Republican Representative Cody Harris. Harris's uh, motion cut off amendments to House Bill 4. That bill would expand Texas law enforcement's ability to arrest immigrants who cross into Texas illegally. Forty amendments, though, have already been added to that bill. The debate will continue on those. Earlier, the House gave initial approval to two other border security bills. Taylor, ISD has a new finalist for its superintendent. The school board named Dr. Jennifer Garcia Edwardson. She has served in education for over two decades. Pretty impressive resume. She's been a teacher, the chief of schools at New Braunfels ISD, the deputy academic officer at Hayes ISD, and principal in Del Valley ISD. She'll start her role as superintendent on November 13th. One-on-one -on -one with Austin's mayor ahead of a big discussion, changing Austin's land development code to help with affordability. New fears for same-sex couples in Texas trying to get married, a major religious liberty case hitting the Texas Supreme Court. Good morning. Live look outside from the Lady Bird Johnson Wildflower Center. And look at that. The rain starting to fall down in South Austin. And we are expecting a widespread rain event as the morning continues. We were offered an all or nothing approach. It was one that split this city. It divided this city in ways that kind of broke my heart. And one of the big issues was how do, you, how do you get good public input? Today, for the first time, people in Austin are going to have a chance to tell city leaders what they think about Austin's new land development code. Policy outlines how many homes should be allowed on a lot. The previous attempts at changing this outdated code have been thrown out when a Travis County court ruled that the city did not get enough of that community input that the mayor was talking about. Supporters say this is going to allow for more homes to be built on a property, creating more affordable housing. Critics call the plan irresponsible development. KXAN's Britt Moreno sat down with Austin Mayor Kirk Watson to talk about the possible changes. Have there been any improvements with housing here in Austin? Well, there have. Um, we do have a housing emergency. For example, tomorrow we will have a public hearing that's something that, to my knowledge, has never been done in Austin. It's a joint meeting with the City of Council, the Mayor and Council, and the Planning Commission to have a public hearing on some propositions, some proposals. I ask that there be a draft ordinance put forward. So overall big picture, there's just not enough housing here in Texas and of course here in Austin. Are you working on any programs that will help these specific families, the lowest income families here in Austin? It's going to require us to continue to find ways to subsidize and provide more ability. The mayor is also talking about how he expects to hear a whole lot of people talk about the discussion today, including transportation, a near affordable housing, and what he calls our climate emergency. And he says that a public open house is going to be scheduled for November 6th. Graffiti, trash, feeling unsafe, all concerns from students and business owners in Austin's West Campus neighborhood. The new pilot program combating these issues. Plans to extend the state's power not just at the border, but across the whole state. 
The debate brewing at the Texas House over border security bills. Good morning. We'll check in with a Westlake alum who is now a big factor for the Texas defense. We'll hear from Michael Taft later in sports. Keep it here. Good morning, everyone. We're giving you a live look right now at the roads. This is over at US 290 at Monterey Oaks Boulevard. You can see that the roads are wet. Be careful when you're driving out there. As a matter of fact, Sean thinks that you shouldn't be driving at all in certain parts of the hill country because of the rain. We'll talk about that in just the next few minutes, but it's all the heavy rain that's been soaking the hill country this week. Wanted to show you some video that we have behind us. This is over in Alano County downtown. And the emergency management director of that county says there is still plenty of room in the reservoir, so he's not worried about major flooding. People in town, though, welcoming this week's rain. We don't get much rain here, so it's, it's very dry here. Yes, it's good for the grass, especially because it's really dry. Yeah. And it does rain. And then, like, the river. We also talked with the emergency management departments in Gillespie and Burnett counties. Both did not have any major flooding preparations in place, but they are keeping an eye on the low water crossings that typically can flood. And going in depth here, here's how the rain might really help our Highland Lakes. Lake Buchanan, that's where the Colorado River and San Saba River join. All the way upstream, this chain of dams also creates Inks Lake. Then the Llano River flows in and joins Lake LBJ. You have Lake Marble Falls right after that, and then the Pernas River flows into the Colorado to provide the water for Lake Travis. You then have dams to create Lake Austin and Lady Bird Lake before the river continues on down to the Gulf Coast. Both, both Lake Travis and Buchanan are huge water sources for Central Texas. And we were talking yesterday how, you know, you were thinking that the lake levels would be in a little bit better shape from you the past week. So, or, right? You'd hope so, right? Yeah. And, you know, you thought about, I thought about it a little bit and said, yeah, there should probably be some pretty substantial improvements. Absolutely nothing. When you compare it to seven days ago, oh, yeah. it's actually lower than what? seven days ago. However, starting this morning, it did start to rise a few inches, both Lake Travis and Lake Buchanan. So we're heading in the right direction. I think though, after this good morning soaking rain all in the watershed, I mean, upwards of three to six inches out there, we are going to see major improvements with the Highland Lakes here in the days ahead. It takes a few days. It kind of lags behind the heavy rain for uh, those lakes to start to, to fill off from, fill up from the runoff. But also after the, the first big rain with the ongoing drought, how dry it was, there is no runoff. All that rain is just absorbed into the soil, and it takes several rain events to start to see some of that runoff, and this event will start to do that, so that's good there. 76 degrees, and we're starting to see a little bit of that light rain moving into Liberty Hill. We've got some heavy rain heading your way. 66 in Lamp Passes, 66 in San Saba, 78 in Bastrop, 77 in LaGrange. We're continuing to watch out for the risk for some flash flooding. We're already seeing some ongoing flash flood warnings into portions of the Hill Country, including Gillespie County and into Llano. These areas have picked upwards of three to six inches of rain overnight. So plenty of rain has fallen there. Definitely you're going to encounter some flooded roadways. Please avoid them. Turn around. Don't drown. If you see any road closures, 
do not go behind uh, any barricades. You see some of the heaviest rain from Fredericksburg up northward into Lano. The good news is this lane, this line was stalled in these areas. It's starting to move a little bit more towards the north and east. So I like to see that movement there. San Saba, Adamsville, all the way down 281, starting to see that radar fill in, including Marble Falls. And then we're now starting to see some rain pushing in from Hayes into the Austin area. So things are just starting to get going here in the metro. We're at the uh, last few hours out in the hill country, luckily after some heavy rain there for up to 12 hours. But we'll see the heaviest rain here in Austin between about 5 a.m. through about 8 a.m. You see it continuing to fill in, moving out towards the east. Even by 9.30, this model still shows some heavy rain from Georgetown down into the Round Rock area, moving out towards the east, 2, 3, 4 o'clock, still some lingering showers and some thunderstorms. Notice also the potential for a little bit of sun breaking out just before sunset this evening. Tomorrow, because of all the rain that we saw today, I think we're significantly drier. Just some widely scattered showers and some thunderstorms, and then we're even drier as we head into Saturday. So that'll be great for the UT game and for anyone tailgating or anyone doing any outdoor activities. How much rain do we pick up? Well, in general, over the past 24 hours, we've seen upwards of three to six inches out in the hill country. We've seen about an inch and a half here in the metro uh, yesterday and we're going to see another maybe one to two two and a half inches in a few spots from the metro on out towards the east probably about a half an inch or so out into portions of the hill country on top of what we've already seen so seven day forecast here showing the changes ahead as we're dealing with temperatures still well into the 80s but the big story as well is next week i had to drop that temperature down on monday we might not get out of the 40s all right, Sean, we will plan for that. Thank you. We now know the victim and suspect in a Travis County murder from over the weekend. Deputies arresting 32-year-old George Nolden from Waco. He's charged with the murder of 29-year-old Nahian Wright from Colleen. Just before midnight Sunday, Nolden flagged down deputies on Wells Branch Parkway in Austin. Investigators say they found the victim with gunshot wounds in the back of a parked car. He died at the hospital. Still waiting to find out what exactly happened before this and how the two knew each other. Graffiti trash, feeling unsafe. For years, students and business owners have brought up these concerns about life in Austin's West Campus neighborhood. But over the summer, the University of Texas starting a pilot program. That program is called West Campus Ambassadors, and the goal is to make West Campus a cleaner and safer place. Nabil Vermadna follows up to see how it's working. Whether it's cold brew, or a hot cup of coffee. Eric Canales owns Centro on the Drag. He says serving up positive vibes is what he's all about. That's why we put positive messages in our, in our cups. But that can be hard when there are issues. Many students and businesses have brought up concerns about homeless camps, drug paraphernalia, and trash in the area over the years. Yeah, the graffiti was getting out of hand. Uh, the homeless situation was getting out of hand going into the business. But in August, a pilot program kicked off. That's a 10 for Just call out and we'll get um, someone to come open that door for you. The West Campus Ambassadors. Kevin Morris Sr., a part of the program. First of all, we provide a hospitable experience for every single walk of life. Since the pilot program started, safety ambassadors have escorted more than 130 people home in West Campus. Good afternoon, you all. Have a great day. They've also hauled away more than 5,000 pounds of trash and removed about 2,600 pieces of graffiti. Drastic improvement. 
Lots of, uh, lots of pats on the back, lots of high fives. Cheryl Pfeiffer with the University of Texas Co-op. She's seen the difference. Um, certainly the area is cleaner. Um, trash is being picked up regularly. I was amazed at like they were taking stickers off of light post. Cleaning up, but also giving a sense of security. I, I see the West Campus ambassadors always helping around, just keeping an eye out. So it, it definitely feels safer. And a warm greeting to anyone passing by. I think the West Campus Ambassador Program has been a really excellent addition to the university. Nabil Ramadna, KXAN News. UT is currently funding this pilot program. In 2020, the Board of Regents approved an $8 million safety plan for that area. The Texas Supreme Court yesterday hearing arguments in a major religious liberty case, and it could determine whether a Texas judge has the right to refuse to marry same-sex couples. This centers around a Waco area justice of the peace named Diane Hensley, and for years she refused to officiate marriages for same-sex couples. The State Commission on Judicial Conduct disciplined her says she discriminated against a group of Texans in violation of her oath to uphold impartial justice. She argues Texas's religious freedom law allows her to adhere to her faith while practicing as a judge. Both sides making their case in the high court. She has chosen to discriminate between some folks in the state of Texas in favor of other people. And it flies in the face of impartiality. It's not unconstitutional to believe that marriage is between a man and a woman and for that view, for your belief to come from the Bible. And it also shouldn't disqualify you from being an elective office or from being a judge. The lawyers say they hope the Supreme Court will resolve this case by the end of the term in June. Austin police looking for a suspect in a North Austin robbery. It happened at a jewelry store, the Delitzel Jewelry Store on West Anderson Lane. This was back on August 26th, though. Police say the suspect went into the jewelry store, asked about a gold chain, and according to APD, as soon as the store employee pulled that chain from the case, suspect grabbed it, took off. You can see a photo of the suspect on your screen and on our website, kxan.com. If you have any information, contact the Austin Police Department. An apartment complex in Hyde Park has a new name. It's a little familiar to a whole lot of Austinites. Yeah, this is a spot a lot of us have driven past. The Workforce Affordable Complex will now be called the Adler, named after former Mayor Steve Adler. Back in 2016, Adler worked to address affordable housing availability, and that in turn started the Austin Housing Conservancy. To honor his efforts, the building got its new name. Affordable housing is, a, is such an important priority going all the way back to 2015. You know, we have huge challenges in this city with affordability. Uh, imagine where we would be if we hadn't been the city that was making more housing than any other city in the country. It wasn't enough, uh, but we were doing the big things and that kept us in the game. Since it was established, the Housing Conservancy has preserved nearly 2,000 apartment units. That number can serve about 3,500 people. Ford and the United Auto Workers have reached a tentative labor agreement. The move would end a nearly six-week strike of the automaker. The UAW and Ford, as well as General Motors and Stellantis, they've been locked in negotiations since mid-September. The tentative agreement includes 25% pay increases, reinstatement of cost of living adjustments, and other significantly enhanced benefits. The deal between Ford and the UAW still needs union approval, and any deal would also need to be ratified by a majority of Ford's 57,000 union workers.
This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning. Steve Sarkeesian has emphasized the importance of depth throughout his time at Texas. He wants a roster where every single player on the depth chart can be a threat to minimize drop-off in case a starter gets injured. Westlake alum Michael Taft is a case of that. Taft started as a walk-on with the Horns and worked his way up to a scholarship. And now Taft is a key piece of the defense, leading Texas in tackles in their most recent win over Houston. He's very humble, but he'll tell you this is no coincidence. It's the result in putting in a lot of time. I came to the University of Texas to play, not just to be on the team. And so that's what I tried to do these last three years is um, get on the field and make an impact and, and try to bring Texas back to where it always belongs. From day one, never took a back seat. From day one, when we were in summer workouts, he wanted to be in the front of the line. It's a great story, you know, and I, I, hopefully it serves as, a, as motivation for a lot of other guys on our team of, you know, when you put your mind to something and you focus on something, you know, you start to gravitate towards it. And, and definitely in his career, that's happened. Taff and the Longhorns will kick off against BYU Saturday at 2.30 at Royal Texas Memorial Stadium. The Longhorns also received a commitment from five-star wide receiver Ryan Wingo out of St. Louis. Wingo is the third five-star the Longhorns have landed in this recruiting cycle. That's it for sports. Let's go back over to you. Thank you, and thank you for listening on the KXAN Talk podcast. We are so happy to have you around, and you want to stick around for the 5 a.m. hour of KXAN because we're tracking the roads right now. We have a photographer who's safely on the roads giving you a live look at what to expect on your morning commute. 